American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. Are we there yet? That's not a question you'll be hearing while cruising around Nevada. That's because here in the road trip capital of the USA, that old cliche about it being the journey that matters more is actually legit. In Nevada, you can kick back in a crowdless state or national park. Gaze up at some of the nation's darkest, most star-studded skies. Meander among the world's oldest living trees. Have your breath stolen by the crystal clear waters of Lake Tahoe. All along the way, you will find the kinds of iconic, wide-open highways where road trip dreams are made. For insider tips about Nevada road trips and unexpected Silver State destinations, Order your free Nevada magazine and visitor guide today at TravelNevada.com slash travel dash guides. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen gentlemen always glad to have you along for the ride and we're very happy as always to be working alongside even though we're separated by about 3,000 miles but through the miracle of zoom technology nathan miller is our producer and he is at the board you know that phrase okay boomer annoying especially us boomers okay boomer may serve as a casual dismissal when it comes to talk of political issues and trends in the marketplace but it is important for us boomers to realize that the time of Generation X, a.k.a. the Gen Xers, has arrived in American car culture generally and specifically in the collector car market. We will talk about Gen X and the millennials, too, in this episode with our friend Mark Green of Cars Yeah! fame. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we will get down to post-boomer business right after these messages. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Make this spring picture perfect in Oregon's Mount Hood territory. Book a kayak tour to Willamette Falls. Make a splash on a guided whitewater trip navigating Class 3 and 4 rapids. Get into history's interactive side on the Heritage Trail. Find your favorite color on a wildflower walk. Meet baby animals on farm loops and visit vineyards on the New Wine Trail. Plan your trip today at mounthoodterritory.com slash spring. Every year for the last 51 years, blues lovers from all over the world visit Bentonia, Mississippi, that's just outside the famous town of Yazoo, for the annual Bentonia Blues Festival at the Blue Front Cafe in Bentonia, Mississippi. 
The Blue Front Cafe opened in 1948 and is still a family-owned company. Jimmy Duck Holmes, the son of Carrie and Mary Holmes, took over the Blue Front Cafe in 1970, and he continues to present hometown blues through live performances throughout the year. The three-day long and free event takes place June 15th through June 17th. The festival will also include a 5K race on the 17th from 8 a.m. through 10 a.m. with all the proceeds going toward a cure for ALS. With thousands in attendance every year, the Bentonia Blues Festival brings people together from all over that all have a common love for the Mississippi Blues. You want more information? You can call the Blue Front Cafe yourself. Call them directly. Here's the phone number, 662-528-1900. Once again, 662-528-1900. Give them a call. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Mark Green is the founder, CEO, producer, and host of Cars Yeah, a five-day-a-week podcast. Mark is a dedicated automotive enthusiast and lifelong entrepreneur who started his first business when he was 14 years old. He spent 11 years at a San Diego design firm as a creative director and account executive. He then joined a startup automotive podcast, or excuse me, product supplier, and he spent over 20 years, I think always about him on the podcast. That's how I know the gentleman. <laughs> And he helped build Griot's Garage, first as the VP of Marketing and Merchandising, and then as the president of the company, overseeing their two locations before leaving to create his Cars Yeah brand. And so once again, I've lost track of how many times he's been on the show, but he's always welcome. Mark Green. Mark, my friend, it's good to see you and hear you again. Gary, thanks for having me back. We'll have some uh, fun today talking about these, these youngsters that are behind us that seem to be making some waves in the automotive world. Well, I tell you, a source of information I consider unimpeachable, perhaps you do as well, uh, Mark, you know them better than I do, the Haggerty folks, they say that the generational breakdown of, well, and this is directly from Haggerty.com, folks, if you want to go check it out for yourself, the generational breakdown of wealth corresponds almost perfectly with activity in the collector car market. As Gen X wealth rapidly grows, you can bet their clout in the market will grow accordingly. They're a big pie slice when you make the chart of the demographics and who's bringing the money into the car market. Gen Xers and then the millennials are behind them. Absolutely. They're uh, they're making money now, bank and bank, as they say. And as a result of that, they're doing what us boomers did when we started making money. They're looking back at their youth and saying, what couldn't I have when I was younger that I can buy now? And for many of them, it's a collector car or something special in the automotive world. Special in the automotive world. And it makes me wonder, what is it, if we're to be specific, because people are going to have their favorites, regardless of what's out there available in the marketplace. When it comes to the Gen Xers, what is it that especially appeals to them? Are they the type to get these are the big rigs? I mean, they, are they going to be the first ones to hit the showroom to buy a Hummer? Or do they want something more fuel efficient, for example? I don't think uh, we're talking fuel efficiency or anything like that. I think we're talking about passion when it comes to the automotive sector. People want to have something that made them have a feeling. Maybe their daily drivers are related to electric vehicle these days or something that's fuel efficient, but they want something that they couldn't have when they were a teenager, like 
Gary, when you and I were a teenager, you know, I was a teenager in the early 70s. So I wanted sports cars, muscle cars that were just coming out of that sector. Now we're several decades ahead of that, and they're looking at cars they want to buy that they couldn't have then. And they seem to have the cash to buy it. So they're out looking at all sorts of cars. You see things from uh, BMW M3s from the early 2000s or even go back to the 80s and 90s. I know today we're going to talk about the JDM market, which stands for Japanese Domestic Market which has fueled a lot of this as well. And we're going to talk a little bit today about Radwood, which is a a big push to get into cars from the 80s where they have big events and things like that. But uh, it's all about passion when it comes to these cars. And the auction market, online auction market, has grown so much. And these folks are used to using their phones to buy stuff. They're not afraid to push buttons like maybe some of us, dare I say, boomers might be afraid to do. And that's how they buy their cars now. Well, I know you and I, when we were teenagers, we eagerly anticipated the invention of the wheel. And you can be made, <laughs> we can be made to feel like that when you get talking to younger generations, because there's a very clear indication, at least as I've observed, where boomers are one thing, but each generation has its own statement to make and its own passions to pursue. Now, you talked about Radwood. I went to the Radwood website, which is a pretty good one. You just you can Google Radwood, R-A-D-W-O-O-D, Radwood. Check it out because we're talking about the premier automotive culture event targeting people who want to collect and they want to celebrate the automotive culture of the 80s and 90s. So they're going back to their youth, but now they're in their peak earning years, these Gen Xers, and they can really make some noise in the market. Well, absolutely. And the great thing about Radwood is these events are put on as if you actually have gone back in time. So people wear the garb of the 80s and 90s. And I think back to the 80s, the bright neon colors, things like that. They dress up, but they're also bringing cars that for a long time for people of my generation weren't really looked at as collector cars. They were just old cars. They were trucks, cars, bikes from 1980 to 1999. Um, it's kind of a bodacious era, if you will, in cars, because for diehard automotive enthusiasts for a long time, they're like, there weren't any good cars during that time. <laughs> but you know what? Again, it's a generational thing. And what was important to people of that era Uh, they can now access. And there are some of these cars still left. And those people that preserve them are finding out that, oh, you mean uh, my dad's car is actually worth something? I can't can't believe it. And so these they'll show up to these parties and it'll be a happening. It'll be a thing. It's really kind of fun. I've been to a few of them. I feel a little bit out of place, although I was obviously around in the 80s and 90s, but I was a little bit older then. But you walk around and you look at what people are wearing and you kind of have to chuckle a little bit, but they're having fun. And that's what the car collector world is all about. So you have to remember, again, uh, Gen X, these are people uh, that are now 43 to 58 years old. They're born after us boomers, 65 to 81. And then the millennials came next, the 27 to 42 year olds. That's a different group. But going back to the Gen X, one thing I found out was it they make up the biggest and largest segment of new car buyers today. So those collector cars aside, these folks are buying the most new cars because boomers, again, were aging out, retiring. Maybe we don't want to go and spend the kind of money that cars cost these days. Or maybe we finally got smart, Gary, and we stopped financing cars, which is what we should have done all the way along. 
and perhaps for a lot of us, and it may be true of every generation, you have your favorites. You've got the old blue bomber in the garage. There's another 20,000 in her, I'm quite sure. And they will go and get the engine rebuilt or a new transmission, whatever it takes. There, And yeah. maybe someday the Gen Xers are going to look at it in much the same way. But as you indicated, they're definitely bringing a disproportionate amount of wealth, particularly given their numbers, into the car market because they're not as big a generation as us. The boomer generation is vast. Let's oh, yeah. go with the Gen Xers, but they make bank, as you indicated. Well, yeah, there were so many more boomers. and uh, But it seems to be that the money's flowing. I was just looking at a used car sale today in collector car market. It was a Ferrari F355. Now, those cars 15 years ago... You could pick them up for well under $100,000. One just sold for $308,000. And you kind of scratch your head and go, okay, what's going on here? But again, this market is moving. It's shifting. And these millennials, we move to them, they're coming of age. And they're buying and selling collector vehicles. The other part of it is the economy. People are nervous still. The economy, high inflation, goofy things going on in the economy. So people that have means, they spread their money out. So they put their money in things that they think they won't lose money or they might grow money. And there's a lot of new people getting into the market these days, too, that kind of think, not all of them, but they kind of think, well, if I just buy that car, it will never lose money. Now, you're playing a little bit of a Russian roulette when it comes to collector cars. However, if you buy the right car, you probably will at least get your money back. But you know what? You get fun, too, because money in a stock market or in the mutual fund, eh, it's not so much fun sometimes, especially when the market's a little dicey like it's been in the last couple of years. So, yeah, this is about having fun, bringing back your youth. And, yeah, the money seems to be flowing. It kind of blows me away. But we're seeing C5 Corvettes, vintage Mustangs, Camaros, Japanese domestic cars. We'll talk about JDM in a minute. And uh, BMW M3s. I'm an M3. I bought 19 years ago new. It is now worth what I paid for it and probably more, which blows me away for a highly produced car where they made thousands and thousands of them. And you wonder what happens to them because I can remember certain makes of Toyota, for example. I, I've i always respected Toyota as a, a car maker. And I think back, my goodness, if I look at cars that were from the uh, 19, it isn't just Toyota either, but from the uh, mid to late 1990s, I drive around Sarasota. we got plenty of cars, especially in season when everybody comes down from New York to Canada and they become Sarasotans for a few months. And I look around on the road, I just don't see those cars anymore. You know, I'll see antique cars before I'll see something from 1985 or 1990. It's just, I don't know if they didn't build them to last that long. I mean, you know, there is that planned obsolescence. I understand about that. But there's just not a lot of them around. But the cars that people call a sweet ride, I see those virtually every day on the road here in Sarasota. Oh, of course. Exactly. And, you know, we've mentioned JDM a few times. Again, stands for Japanese domestic market. And that refers to Japan's home market. These are vehicles and vehicle parts that traditionally didn't come here to the United States. Well, they've now hit their age point to where you can import them legally. And so a lot of people of these groups, Gen X, millennials, are looking at these cars as something unique and different, something they never saw. Some of them are very sporty and very fast cars. And so they're growing. Uh, you know, my podcast, I get to talk to a lot of people. And I had 
kind of the king of JDM, a guy named Gary Duncan on my show just recently. Uh, he is known as the king of the JDM marketplace. This guy imports hundreds and hundreds of cars every year from Japan that are unique and different cars, and he sells them all. It's it's quite amazing. So, you know, the average age of a JDM car is 8.79 years. It's ranking uh, ninth in a survey of 30 to the top 50 countries by gross domestic products. So these cars are making a big push. Uh, Gary's, uh, you can find his website. It's uh, Duncan Imports. And go and look at that website. You'll see some cars you've never seen before. I've seen a few that have been bought here in my little town at Gig Harbor. And I'll drive by and turn around and go back and go, what is that? I've never seen that before. But it was something that was built for Japan, never exported but now you can bring them in as a collectible car. And in some states, you don't have to pay to register them. You register them once. You don't have to do it every year. You're restricted to the driving. But again, cars like this are not everyday drivers. Pretty cool market. It's an interesting take on the idea. They're a, a kind of archetype, if you will, Mark, of being a barn finder. Maybe it's a cyber barn, but here's a specialized market. People can go through whatever channels they need to in order to access these cars and pick up something that they would regard as unique, as making a, a personal statement for them. And it's worth the investment of time and money to find it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the thing is that the online auction world is just exploding. And again, this group of people are not afraid to buy something. You and I used to go kick the tires. We used to go mm -hmm. to many dealerships and shop for the car we wanted to get. It typically was not that fun of an experience. And so now people just buy things online. There's enough going on, especially if you look at a website like Bring a Trailer. Randy Nonenberg just hit the ball out of the park when he invented that site well over 10 years ago now. He's, he's since sold it, although he still works there. And he's made some bank, I'm sure, doing that. But that's a marketplace where you can go and not only look for cars to buy, but when they're they're live during their seven or 10 day auction period, you can see all the comments being posted by enthusiasts. Most of them are very accurate. So you can buy with a bit of confidence because somebody will say, hey, I saw something on the inside of the car that wasn't stocked. Did you replace that? And then the seller has to kind of come to the table and say, well, yeah, that had to be replaced. Well, that might mark the value down a little bit. But there are other ones, Mecham Auctions, Barrett-Jackson, uh, some of the big boys out there are now doing online. Almost all of them have really started to do online. And those auctions you used to have to go to, now when they're happening live, let's say Barrett-Jackson, because we've all heard that name before, or Mecham, which is, those are the big boys on the block, you can now bid from home. You don't have to fly somewhere to buy the cars. The marketing programs are set up for people to ship cars back to you. It's all set up for you. So you can buy these things with pretty much confidence that you're not going to run into something that when it shows up, like the old days, if you used to buy it, let's say the, the beginning was eBay, and it showed up and you went, that doesn't look like the car in the pictures. What happened here? And then it's too late. You know, the caveat emptor comes into play. But in this case, these websites now hold people accountable, but you can find anything you want out there on these websites. If you want to buy car parts, if you want to buy a car and you can put search in there and say, I'm looking for this. And eventually it'll ping you and say, okay, it's coming. The problem is it distracts you from your work all day long because all day I'm getting pinged by all these sites going, oh, that car is about to sell. This one's an hour away. And 
you sit there and what I always say is you look at things you didn't even know you wanted to buy, but it gives you a really good taste and flavor better than any time in the past of what the used car market is really doing. And I'll tell you, I've continued to be shocked over the last three, four years. It's still on fire. Things slowed down a little bit after the middle of last year, but I'm still shaking my head at some of the cars and what people are are getting for them. So it's uh it's quite amazing. You know, I, I wanted to mention uh, Art Cervantes. He was the co-founder and CEO of Redwood. He was a guest on my show. If you go to the Cars yeah website, you can listen to him talk about why he did what he did. Uh, really a cool thing that he came up with and the fact that he invented this whole idea and it's just flowing across the country is pretty special. It is special. There's something to be said there when you look at the root of the experience so there's an online auction. How great is that? Otherwise, in the old days, must be present to win. You know, and now you check it out. Ah, that's not for me. Or, oh, I want to get that. And it creates this competitive marketplace in the invisibility of space. And yet here are people from around the world who are buying these vehicles in a red hot market. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon because, for one thing, the Gen Xers, to say nothing of the millennials, but the Gen Xers right now are demonstrating a capacity to make a great deal of money in their peak earning years. They're going to be around. Yeah, They'll be around absolutely. when they're our age. <laughs> when they're our age. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, as we age out, and I see a lot of very big name collectors that I grew up with and knew of these people that are aging out, maybe some have passed or they're at a point in life where they're realizing, you know, I don't want to leave all these cars to my family to deal with. So they're starting to peel these cars out of their collections, maybe saving one or two and taking that money and putting it back into their estates for their families to enjoy. We're talking about big time collectors, but there's a lot of people out there that have more than just one toy in their garage. It, it blows me away. I go to car events up here in the Pacific Northwest and there's one called Exotics at Redmond Town Center. It's a cars and coffee on Saturday mornings. And the cars that show up there, and I'm definitely seeing a younger crowd at these events. It used to all be guys like me, <laughs> and I'm seeing younger people. And they're bringing their kids, which is pretty cool to see because they're getting the gener. I don't know. What is the the generation? I should know because my, my, I have a grandson who's almost two, and we have a new little uh, baby girl on her way in about a month. So I wonder, what are they going to be called? Are they going to have to start over in the A's and B's and C's? I don't know. Well, you've got, we've come to Gen Z here. Yeah. So beyond that, I don't know, either you use numerals or or what the heck you do. It's, yeah. it's interesting how that is even tracked because growing up as a boomer, that sort of thing wasn't even discussed. It wasn't a demographic reality that had to be addressed. Yeah, and, yeah. And now we do it in specific ways where we're carving. You can put them on a pie chart and see how much of the money in the car marketplace belongs to which generation. Haggerty, uh, we mentioned that great resource for this information. By the way, that's H A G E R T Y. You go to haggerty.com, you find out a great deal. They've been tracking this very closely and in a scientific way. They have. They do a great job with that. They also have a uh, place on their website where you can go and you can value a vehicle. So if you have something you think might be a collectible, you can go there and plug in all the numbers, take a look at it. They have trends. They show how things have sold over time. And like I told you, my E46 M3, which is a 2005 that I bought new, I never dreamed that a day would come that that car would be worth as much or more than I paid for it. Because again, it's I don't look at it as a collectible car. When I bought it, it was just a mainline nice sports car that you could buy. 
Porsches are another one. Uh, Porsches have just continued to just be off the charts, especially cars. And you're seeing people now because of the supply chain issues who buy a Porsche specifically just to flip it and sell it the next day because you can't get some of those models, the 911s and the 718 Caymans and, and Boxsters. And it continues to be a challenge for people that want to buy a new one of those cars. So uh, yeah, times definitely have changed, but you know what? That's the fun in the car hobby. And I, I embrace it. I love the fact that all these new people, these generations are coming into the hobby. There used to be a fear that nobody would care about cars after those boomers are gone. Not true. There's a huge, huge group of people that love fun cars. And we'll get into our next top, maybe, Gary, about how this all relates to EVs versus ICE engines, because that is about to change the world, or it is changing the world in a very fast way. Every now and again, you and I get on the subject of electric vehicles. And yes, that is coming as well. The paradigm is shifting. I mean, anybody can see that. Not all of us are directly or immediately at the effect of it, but it's definitely here and it's only going to grow as a phenomenon in world culture. Car culture is world culture. As you well know, you're a collector and distributor of very good information on cars. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody just we got here about a minute about Cars Yeah, where they can find you and enjoy your programming. Well, thank you. And speaking of Cars Yeah, I did have a young woman on my guest last year who collects, restores old EVs. So they're already collectible. When you go back to the old Volts and some of the early Hondas, they're already collectible cars. So go figure. But you can car find the Cars Yeah podcast on uh, my website or any mobile podcast uh, device. Uh, I've got over 2,350 shows now in over 80 countries. Uh, lots of guests on the show in all different spectrums. So check us out at the Cars Yeah website or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or any social media world you like to play in. That's Cars Yeah. And I want to thank you for, for having me back. I always have a fun conversation with you, Gary. And we'll have another one. Likewise, my friend. Thank you, Mark Green. Continued success to you, sir. Thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.